Thank you for tuning in to our Restoration Life podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the message and share it out with your friends on social media. Can't wait for you to listen in next week. All right. Okay, I'm going to dismiss all the life group leaders because they're going to go get uh, their booths ready for you. So they're going to be out there. And, and listen, I heard that a number of them brought like treats. Like they're, they're putting the right, the right thing on the hook today. And uh, I know a lot of them brought treats and snacks and all kinds of things to get you to connect. And I, I know there's... There are a lot of groups that are meeting throughout the South Bay. And listen, we've got groups that, uh, that meet throughout the week. Um, we have groups, I think, that meet on Mondays, on Tuesdays, on Thursdays, on Fridays, uh, sometimes on Saturdays, sometimes on Sunday. We've got groups uh, for married couples. We've got groups for just men. We have uh, Women of Joy for just women who want to go through expository teaching. And then in January... Our groups that are um, co-ed will shift into one week co-ed and then the next week it'll, all, all of our men in that life group are going to go through a book together and then all of our women are going to go through a book together. The same book, the exact same book. And then they'll come back to co-ed and then that'll be on rotation until we get uh, to, to, to spring of 2024. And so we're excited about life group. Life group is a place where you can grow where you can belong. And I want to encourage every single person in our church to get connected to a life group. And I want to share some thoughts on life group today that I think will benefit all of us because sometimes we don't understand the importance of community. Now, if, if you know what we value here at Restoration Life, you know that there are a lot of, uh, there are seven things that we value that are very strong. One of those seven is community. And we say this, community is our blessing. And so I want to share with you just four quick thoughts on why every single person at Restoration Life should be in a life group. And then after that, I'm just going to release you guys to go out and you're going to have a lot more time than you would on Sundays uh, to go check out all the life groups, find out what days they meet, who the leaders are, uh, to see if, if, if your personality gels with their personality because sometimes uh, some personalities don't gel so well Uh, sometimes people don't click as good as we want them to but that's why there are multiple life groups that you can go and visit and so the first thing that I would say to you today one of the important reasons why you should be in life group or why you should be in community is because it meets our basic need of belonging it meets our basic need for belonging you know, in the book of Genesis, it, it, it took God um, a, a very short period of time to realize and assess that Adam needed someone. In fact, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, and we always use this portion of scripture for married couples, right? Um, but in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, the Bible says, And the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Somebody say helper and then say suitable. God said very clearly, it's not good for man to be alone. 
It's not good for man to be, and when he says man, the, the, the word that he's using doesn't necessarily always mean um, the male figure, but mankind in general. It's not good for man to be alone. How many of you know that when people are in isolation, they get weird, right? Some of you are like, yeah, I'm, I, I got a little weird during quarantine. How many, how many of you guys got a little weird during quarantine? Come on, be honest, come on. How many of you know people that got really weird during quarantine, right? So it's not good for man to be alone, right? So this is one of the reasons why we wanted to open it up as soon as we could. But the Bible says very clearly, I will make, a, make him a helper suitable for him. Here's what I want you to hear. God has created us to be in fellowship with one another. God has created us to be in relationship with one another. And within the confines of the body of Christ, God has created a helper that is suitable for you. Someone that can help you grow, someone that can help you mature in Christ, someone that can help you in your understanding of the word of God, someone that can help you navigate life circumstances, and God will put people in your life that are suitable for you. Somebody that, know, like for instance, um, what I love about our church, and we talked about this with the men's ministry just the other night, is that for whatever reason, God has allowed us to live through and experience what we've experienced in life so that we can relate to other people that are navigating the same things in life. And so God puts the healing inside of us for somebody else and we're able to relate with them and that makes us suitable to have a conversation with them and to help them navigate the difficulties of life. So for me, being an ex whatever, uh, you fill in the blank. For me, an ex-cokehead, drug addict, whatever, I can relate to other addicts. I can relate to other people that have come from broken homes. I can relate to other people that have navigated some of the things that I've navigated in life. So that makes me suitable to help this brother or sister out in Christ. Everybody tracking with me? And, and that's found throughout the family of God here. And so we need people in our lives because we are created uh, to need relationships that are suitable to help us. It's part of who we are, we can't help it. And so because our instincts cause us to crave and seek out relationships with other people, it's imperative that we look for, look for and find this, these relationships in the right place. How many would agree that you're in the right place right now? Right, you're in the right place. And there's no other better place than the family of God. Romans 12, four and five says for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to the others. What is, what is Paul the apostle saying? He's saying we belong to each other. We're connected to each other. We should be in relationship with one another. And listen, I know that the idea of Building new friendships and finding new relationships can be scary at times. But I want to remind you once again, you're in the right place amongst the right people, and it's the family of God. And so that's number one. This is why you need to be in community. Number two, I believe a strong church community is a place for discipleship. Come on, everybody say discipleship. The reason why a lot of churches don't thrive and they close or they go through a lot of trauma is because there isn't strong discipleship in the house, right? So what is discipleship? Discipleship is a word that means to, uh, uh, training to follow and fully embrace a doctrine, philosophy, or teaching. 
Jesus said, go into all the world and make church attenders. No, that's not what he said. He said, go into all the world and make disciples, students of the word of God, students that would follow their leadership in understanding God's word, applying God's word, living out God's word, and then replenishing God's word in the life of another human being. So discipleship is a seed-bearing process. It's good seed reproducing good seed. And so in the case of the teaching and philosophy, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so when we're fully, truly part of a strong church community, we will be both on the receiving end of discipleship and on the giving end of discipleship. So you should be receiving discipleship and giving discipleship. This is the way the church grows stronger and stronger and stronger. And so being part of a strong church community requires for you and I to be actively engaged in discipleship. That's why we have Radiant. That's why we have uh, Man Up Mondays. That's why we have DNA, ROU, Women of Joy, all these ministries. All that is a part of your training and discipleship. And what most people either fail to recognize or flat out reject is that most people who just attend Sunday services can and will lack a spiritual fortitude and maturity when all hell breaks loose. But when you're in community and you're in discipleship, you can't help but to understand that these things are allowed in your life, one, either to correct you or secondly, to grow you. In Acts chapter two, verse 42, the Bible says this, and this is the scripture that we model after life groups. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. That is essentially a life group. First and foremost, the individual has to devote themselves to it. Nobody can make you do it. You have to devote yourself to it. To what? To the disciple or to the apostles' teaching. Well, that's found in the word of God. To fellowship. But what is fellowship? Hanging out together, right? Loving on one another, doing life with one another. Um, to breaking of bread. Come on. How many know we like to eat around here? We love to eat around here. We love to break bread. We love to break tamales. We love to break some masada, right? Some bread. We, we love breaking bread together. We love hanging out together. And to prayer. In life group is a place where you can be prayed for where people can lay hands on you and pray for you and come alongside of you in community with confidence that nobody outside of that community needs to know what you need prayer for. But your life group is there to help you. And so we receive discipleship, of course, from our pastors and our leaders, our Sunday school teachers and those that we serve alongside of in ministry and those that we fellowship with. And so we are to also give these same things over to others in discipleship. Does that make sense? So number one, we need community. We were born to be in relationship. Two, uh, we need discipleship. That's a part of life group. Number three, um, and this is gonna be a hard one for some of us, because some of us don't really like this language, but it's biblical language, and I want you to hear this. Um, the reason three, that life groups are good for the community is this is a beautiful place of accountability accountability you know we live in a nation 
and in a culture that doesn't want to be accountable for anything. In fact, one of my biggest frustrations is seeing people stand before Congress for things they shouldn't have done. And I'm like, well, where's the accountability? Like, when, when is somebody gonna charge them with, with something? There, there needs to be a, a, a response for, for what they did. And so accountability is something that is very healthy uh, for the disciple. Watch this, Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, one person sharpens another, right? We need one another to stay sharp, to be on the cutting edge, uh, to be strong and to be mature. And that happens through the process of accountability. The role of accountability in the Christian life is such a gift to us to help us to be more like Jesus. And I know that's sometimes hard for some of us here. Like, I, I know Jesus. Well, praise God, I know that you know Jesus. That's a good thing. But, but are you accountable to anyone in Christ Jesus? Right, because the Bible is very clear. The Bible says, submit to your leaders. That's accountability, right? We read throughout scripture that we will stand before God to give an account for the works that we did on earth. That's accountability. Holding ourselves accountable in our relationship with the Lord is shown by honoring the boundaries that God has laid out for us in Scripture, both in His direct commands, but also by being sensitive to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And we have a responsibility as believers to hold one another accountable to these things. And, and here's the thing. Many of us believe that accountability is intrusive. When it's not, it's not intrusive because you have to license someone to hold you accountable to the area of your life that you find yourself weak in, right? Like you have accountability, when people go to the gym together, they're accountability partners. Hey man, hold me to it, bro. Hold me to it. I'm gonna start on Monday. Six Mondays go by. I'm gonna start next Monday, <laughs> right? right? But there's an accountability partner. It's like, hey man, stop, stop with all the garbage. Let's just go. Listen, there's an accountability partner there. It's, 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 it's that person that's struggling with a particular sin in their life and they get with a brother or sister and they're like, hey, can you hold me accountable to this? Like, I, I don't wanna find myself falling back into this. It's, it's that girl that says, you know what? I've been hurt by this guy and he keeps hurting me and I keep going back to him. Hey, sis, will you hold me accountable not to go back to him? Can you call me out to not go back to him? Because I just find myself in this vicious side. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We need accountability. It's allowing someone to see us at our lowest points and struggling with our most vicious sins and failures. And we share those darkest moments with people that you trust to point you back to Jesus. James 5.16 says it this way. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Accountability. And let me just say this. When you confess your sin to somebody... Make sure the person you're confessing that sin to is a mature believer in Christ. Right? Not, not a gossiper, not a slanderer, not somebody who's pretending. Like, go to a leader and go, hey, man, I'm struggling with this. Can you hold me accountable? Pray for me. I need to confess this. I did this, but I don't want to do this anymore. Accountability helps you grow out of those things. So it says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Accountability helps bring healing. It helps bring healing. This is why the devil doesn't want you to be accountable. 
and he'll make it sound dirty and ugly and nasty and overreaching, but the reality is, is that accountability is healthy for you. Can I tell you one of the secrets of, of the success of Roxanne and I's ministry? I told Roxanne when we first got planted out as, as pastors, I said to her, honey, and even as youth pastors and, and as worship leaders in our church, previous to starting the church, I told Roxanne, I go, honey, if you ever see me do something, see something, say something, or become something that worries you, I want you to know that you have full license to call pastor. I want you to know that you have full license to tell on me because I wanna be right with God. I care about my salvation and the calling that he's placed on my life. I care enough about my marriage and my family that I am not so egotistical that I can't be called out for my mess. And so I told her, tell on me. And she goes, okay, I will. And guess what? It's been one of the healthiest things for the office of pastoring for us because we are protected by a shield, come on somebody, of accountability. And we need that in our lives. And I love that I have so many leaders that know that about us that now they're coming to us and they're like, you know, hey, you know, pastor, my husband licensed me to tell you, or hey, pastor, my wife's tripping again, and can, can, can we get, yeah, let's get together, let's pray, Let, let's find healing, and let's find restoration, because it benefits you, it's beneficial to you. Wow, this is so good. Like, I'm preaching to myself right now, like, I, let's go, accountability is good. Accountability is there when you fail, and most of us will. And we all need a brother or sister in our life that will help us back up again. Woe to the man or the woman that doesn't have anybody to help them when they fall, the Bible says. Right? That's what Scripture says, accountability. Galatians 6, 1 and 2 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted to carry each other's burdens. I'm, I'm sorry, or, or watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Then it says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. God created us for one another, to help one another, to be there for one another, to strengthen one another. You're not going to be able to live this Christian life on your own. You're not going to be able to do it by yourselves. And I know some of you be like, well, I have my spouse. Well, your spouse needs accountability too. You need, we all need accountability. I, do you know that I am still accountable? I have an apostolic canopy over my life, that I am accountable to form men over my life that could speak into my life and correct me at any given time should there, there be any need to. Then I have our, our board, our executive board, right, that I, that I lead there, and they're made up of pastors, and, and, and executive leaders in our church that hold me accountable to make sure that I'm teaching uh, proper doctrine, um, that, I'm a, that I'm living the testimony uh, uh, of, of, with integrity, not just in our church, but into our community, that I'm also held accountable uh, for the fiscal responsibility of the church finances in our church, that I'm responsible for all the leaders in our church. You, you know that not only do I have the apostolic canopy above me, but beside me, I have leaders that hold me accountable. And then guess what? All of you hold me accountable to be the pastor that you believe me to be. 
So I'm, I'm accountable to those above me, beside me, and around me. That's why we have the 360 honor, honor up, honor down, honor all around. And so I love the protection, if I could use the force field of accountability over my life, because it keeps me strong and it makes me question things when I'm tempted to do something I know that I shouldn't say or do because I have accountability. Come on, somebody. This is really good stuff here. This is why you need accountability. All right, so that's the third thing. The fourth thing is this. We are commanded by God to be part of a church family. God our Father knows what's best for us. That's why he takes the fatherly tone of authority when he says things like this in the Bible, Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Acts 2, 46 to 47. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day to those who were being saved. This community is essential to our spiritual growth. I would also say this to you, that the support system that we find in life group is unlike any other support system that you'll find in the church. Because as our church continues to grow the way that it's been growing, the only way that we can continue to stay in intimacy as a church grows is to be in life group with one another. And so I wanna encourage you today, go out to the expo, meet some new people, connect with some life group leaders and find out what days they meet. Find out what works best for you in the city that you're in and commit yourself this life group season to connect to the body of Christ in a way that just continues to build you up and to keep you healthy. Can somebody say amen? All right, with that being said, let's all stand to our feet. Thank you, Mario. I'm excited for this season. So many wonderful things happen uh, during life group. In fact, I started our church in a life group. Max started the campus in a life group. Eric Gutierrez, uh, which I think he's here today. I don't know. I don't think he's here right now, but he's here in the second service prior. I'm just looking around. Um, but he's here visiting from, from Leander, Texas. He's started the church in a life group. This is the first century model of the church. It's small groups, it's connect groups. It's where we're able to do life on life with one another. We need one another, amen? Let's pursue that today as we pray. Let's bow our heads as we give the Lord this time. Father, in Jesus' name, God, we give you all the glory. We thank you for a church that loves the way that you love and it feels like family. We pray, God, for every hindrance to be abolished by your presence and by your love. God, help us to take a step of faith to get out of our comfort zone and connect with community because it is our blessing. Lord, I pray, Lord God, over every family that's represented here today. 
God, that they would be strengthened in their walk with you, that they would be encouraged today that, to know that they're never alone, that not only do they have you, but you have placed your church and positioned your church in a way based on your word to be in community with one another because you never intended for us to do life by ourselves but alongside someone that's suitable and someone who's gonna help us grow closer and closer to you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. God bless you guys. You're dismissed. Go to the expo. We'll see you out there.